people have their idea of the way, what the way is. And according to where you go and gather, they're going to give you their idea of the way, right? But he said, I am the way. And it's the same way with the truth. You could go sit uh, around a thousand different church groups and you would have different ideas of truth. But Jesus said, I am truth. And then he takes it a little bit further and you could have an idea of what life is. But he said, I am life. And life is Him. That's that's the that you know the encounter of the Lord is life. If I have an encounter with the Lord, I I'm encountering life. And uh, you you know I, I've been teaching in our local fellowship for a number of months out of the Book of Revelation in chapter one. I've been in chapter one for months. And if you ask me how long I'll be in chapter 1, my new answer is till I get to chapter 2. <laughs> we'll be there. And, uh, the, you know, I, I, I kind of felt in the hearts of the people that they want me to move on. And, but the Lord is like in my heart saying, not so fast. And He's caught me up in the picture of the Son of Man in the seven golden candlesticks. So just bringing together, you know, a measure of what the Son of Man in the candlesticks is. And I think in the book of Revelation, that is probably at least what God has shown me so far. It may be the most significant part of the whole book. And yet, when people look at that book, they read right over that and move on to to try to understand the rest of what John is seeing. But when John turned in Revelation chapter 1, he turned to see the voice. And when he turned, he saw. And, that, and that's, that's a turning of the heart. He turned to see and he saw. And that's, that's what each of us have to do is turn to see. Well, what, what do you turn from? A lot of times you turn from religion. A lot of times the biggest thing that, that, that stands in your way of seeing is what you believe. You know, I remember years ago I was invited to teach, uh, to preach at a meeting. And I was a young man and when they met me, I was, originally met me this brother, I was a, along the lines of strict Pentecostal to a measure of Pentecostalism. I was in it. <coughs> And uh, he had heard me uh, from that standpoint and God had begun to create some revelation in my heart. So when I come to preach at his fellowship, he didn't get what he expected. Okay. And, uh, and it became a little controversial. <coughs> yeah. You know, it was a little bit different than what they were planning. Right. And I remember one lady uh, said to me, she said, everything you preached was in the Word, but I don't believe that that's right. I said, well, okay. Something. If I was more mature, I would have probably said to her, well, how do you believe it? Yeah. And and the idea, and I, I've been confronted with this many times, well, Grandma and Grandpa and brother and sister and whoever didn't believe like this. Yeah. My Grandma and Grandpa didn't either. Right. Come on. To be truthful, I, I grew up uh, from a lineage, if, if you want to talk about lineage of preachers, my Great-grandfather had, from my understanding, I never knew him, but from my understanding, he had a great healing ministry in the Lord, and the Lord worked miracles through it. And he uh, ministered all over, uh, uh, down around uh, Richlands, Raven, Virginia, down in uh, the Russell County, Virginia. And, and so out of the, the, that, my mother's side of family, I guess there's numbers of preachers. And, and yet... As the Lord began to deal in my life, I couldn't just be a preacher like they had been. And, and I don't want to discredit them because God had definitely moved in their lives. But, but, but somewhere in my life, I had to turn. There was a voice that was speaking in me, and I had to turn to see the voice. And when I turned to see the voice, I, it, it always is an encounter with Him. Right. And that's what... Your whole Christian walk is is an encounter with the Lord. From the time you 
get born again to the time you 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 know you physically depart your your natural body, your encounter is the Lord. And that's and and if you ask me, people say, well, what what happens when I die physically? I think you still. Going to encounter the Lord. <laughs> if you ask me, you're going to be in a continual encounter with Him, a continual knowing of the Lord. I don't think it ends. No, it don't. Right. When you physically depart your body. Right. And and see that that's what Christianity, or what a lot of people talk. Well, when when we all get to heaven, it won't it be wonderful there? And uh, and the problem with that is it is there doesn't make it wonderful. He does. See, that's the problem with that concept, is He is what makes it wonderful. And unless I'm encountering Him, see, see, then, then I probably don't have much wonderful, anything wonderful about me. Anything good about me, anything great about me. And so, so John turns to see the voice. I won't read all that, but if you want, there are numerous, uh, teachings on this out on, uh, a podcast. It's it's life in Christ Jesus. One word. Dot pod bean, like a bean, a pod of beans. Dot com. And you go out there, and there's I don't know how many I've, I've done on the Book of Revelation so far, but there's a bunch of them there. And uh, and Lord willing, I'm gonna move on through the Book of Revelation. We'll see how far, as far as and my answer is probably as far as the Lord enables me. I don't know how long I'll be in. Chapter 1, but until I get to chapter 2, don't know how far I'll go, but as far as the Lord enables me is, is, the, is probably the answer. But the vision of the Son of Man is what the church has to see. And, and when he turned him, you, you know, the, I talked for a long time on his feet as burning brass. Well, well what, I, what I'll ask you, and we're going to flip over to Colossians in a moment, but what I'll ask you there is where do you find burning brass at in your Bible? You find it in the Old Testament, in the altar, the brazen altar. It's a brass altar where the sacrifice is laid, and his feet, I believe, is signifying that that touches the earth. Because the feet touch what? The earth. And when Jesus touched humanity, he became the sacrifice. Did he not? And, and he and he consumed everything that was before. He he filled up everything that Old Testament sacrifice spoke of. He was its fulfillment. Everything it was saying, he completed. I have finished the work thou gavest me to do. How much of a finished work did he do? I said I finished what. You gave me to do. Well, how much is that? All of it. And so we are in a finished work. But to know the finished work is to know Him. See, if I don't know Him, though the work be finished, I'm looking for the work, but the work that's finished wasn't Him. Sister Carol talked to me a few moments about predestination, and a lot of people get off on this kick, well, this one was predestinated, well, that one's not. But the predestination was in Christ. The choosing of God was in Christ. The mind of God, the word the word, word in John 1 is a word logos, and that deals with the mind, you know, it deals with the substance of mind, the essence, the thought, the purposes of God. In the beginning was his thought and purpose. Everything he thought and purposed was in the beginning. And it and it come out in the earth in the man Jesus Christ. So before Jesus came, God's thought and purpose hadn't been fully disclosed. And where people get trapped at is they go back to Adam and they try to find the fulfillment of God's purpose and they can't find it because His fulfillment was never in Adam. His fulfillment was in Christ. And that's why people can't find it in Adam. And they go back to the garden and they say, well, if we could only go back to the garden. 
And I, and I want to say to them, you're in a greater garden than Adam was. Yeah. Adam was in a garden where God come in the cool of the day, right? And God put him in a garden. But now you are, Paul said, the planting of the Lord. Yeah. That you're His husbandry and you're planted into Christ. Hallelujah. And you know, you go back in the garden and you look at that garden and it had a river that parted in four heads. And you look at four. Yeah. And you look at the number four and you know, you come to that brazen altar it had four heads. Or it had four horns, right? And Israel camped in four heads. or four horns. It was signifying the whole. That's what four, the four winds of the earth. It's signifying the whole. So when he, when they lay down that offering, you know, on the Day of Atonement or any day, and they put it on that brazen altar, it was going out to the whole. Yeah. That's what the four horns signified. It was going out to the whole. And so that water was running to the whole right. there out of the Garden of Eden. But see, you have... Jesus said, out of your bellies. This is why you're in a greater day than being put in a garden with a river run up. Because out of your inner being, it shall flow rivers of living water that goes out into the hole. And people saw it going out into the whole world. And see, see, we've come to a greater day. And, and until we see that greater day, we'll declare the day that was or the day that's going to be. Until we see that greater day. See that? And that's the issue. One, one side, one, you can listen to ministers one day they'll tell you, Adam, if I can just get back to Adam. <coughs> or, if I can get to this day that's coming. One's back here, one's out there. Mm-hmm. But they don't see, John turned to see Him yeah. that was yeah. in. And, and, and I've heard of, you know different people with different ideas of Revelation, and some people have probably way more understanding of it than I do, but, uh, but they'll, they'll skip almost right over what John sees. Mm-hmm. Come on. And, and they'll miss that, that the Lord said He was, or He is, he is, and was, and is to come. And they missed that one part. He is. <coughs> and they move right on into trying to figure out what it means he is to come. Right? But they miss. He says, I am. And then John sees him that he that is the I am in the church. Now, if you, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through all this, but if you just were a, a teaser, you know, how you see a trailer on a movie? Yeah. What I believe was getting ready to unfold in John's day was the removal of the old covenant. It already been done away with at the cross. But what was coming was that it was done away with was getting ready to be removed off the earth. And everything that had 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 gone, you, you know, and that's what John was seeing because God was bringing the judgment that He had declared through the prophets upon apostate Israel. Now that's what I believe. If you ask me, and that was what was to come. But He was declaring Him that was in the church, and He was coming in a judgment upon Israel in that day. That's what I believe. Okay. So I like to like to say this. I like the cat out of the bag. That's what I believe. Now, Lord, as I get in here, Lord may show me. I'm open to the Lord show me different. But I believe that the, that's what the Lord is is gathering up in my heart. Because people haven't moved. A lot. Of, a lot of God's people are stuck in the old covenant. They're still trying to live under God through the old law. Yeah, they are. And that's where they're stuck. And until that's removed out of the heart, that's where we remain. That's right. Yep. So you you think the you know do you think the book of Revelation is fulfilled? And one says yes. Do you think it is? Yes. Mm-hmm. You think it is to come? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's all of the above because He mm-hmm. is coming in a people. Right. He is being disclosed and revealed, yes. made known. Yes. Yes. Where's that? 
And that's the answer. So, so last week I told our fellowship one of my favorite scriptures, and this may shock people, but it's getting better and better in me all the time, is in Colossians 3. And Paul writes to the Colossians, and you know, John, when John sees the Lord, he falls at his feet as what? Dead. Dead. And laid his right hand upon him, so he entered into his life. But he fell at his feet. He had to fall at his feet because that was the bra- that's where the brass altar, the offering was at, the offering of his body. So he fell at his feet as dead. And Colossians 3 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. And <coughs> here's why. For you're dead. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. For your death. Now everybody's quiet. You're dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with Him in glory. And then Paul goes and says, Mortify therefore your members and... and I've read this for years, and I almost would go back under the law. You know, in my heart. Well, I got to mortify all my members. Well, well, I'm trying. The problem with that is that that logic is I'm still trying to. You got it. The way I mortify my members is understand I'm dead. Then I can. Mortify. Come on. Because I'm dead. So the power that was in my members doesn't have any power over me anymore because I'm dead. That's right. We were we were singing a song about breaking chains, and somebody said it when we when uh, I had removed the the chain or the rope when they come up, and I believe his brother right there talked about breaking asunder the chains, and then the sister started. Say a chain, and when you leave here today, that's what I want God to do is to break off these chains of religion that have bound yes. you, yes. 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 and let you walk in the light of His life. Yes. Yes. You know that the chain be broke, yes. and the chain that has bound us is the old man. Yes. But He said. And that's what Paul's writing. You're dead. And your life... See, that's a separation. Your life is hid with Christ and God. So if my life doesn't appear, I don't know what my life is. I'd be a sad place if I'm going to wait some day for my life to appear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. If it's somewhere out in the future that I'm going to see my life, mm-hmm. what am I going to do these... However many years, I'm in my mortal body. That's right. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. If I'm dead, and my life is hid in Christ, yeah. then what am I going to do for all these years? For Him to wait on Him to appear. may just simply be I'm looking for Him to appear in the wrong Place. And Jesus told us that that day you'll understand. You'll know that I am in my Father. You are in me. And I am in you. And then He told me, He said, I'm going to make myself manifest to you and not to the world. And they said, well, how are you going to do that, Jesus? So the Father and I are going to come and make our abode. In you. Right. Come on. Yeah. So how I'm going to manifest myself is I'm going to be in you yeah. and you're going to be in me. Yeah. But see, the old you never came into him. The old man never made it. Made it. And, that's, and that's the issue that's in us. Is we somehow think we're still an old man kicking around trying to please God. 
That's what we think. That's what's in our mind. How do I please God? What do I have to do to please you? Lord. Now, now you... I may be the, I'm not, I'm, I was no, say, but I'm not the only one there. You are too. What do I have to do? Please God, I have to know Christ. Well, go to Romans 6. I, I'm getting ahead of where I want to go. But go to Romans 6. I'll slow down. I want to run off and preach all the time, and I'm getting better at teaching the Word. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a preacher and teacher, so I, I guess I'm... Um, preacher. I don't know, make that up. I'm in between because I still like to rear back and let it go. But sometimes you have to slow down. Paul starts off in Romans 6.3. He says, no, you're not. Now, this word no, there's three different words here for no and knowing in Romans 6. Three different words used. And the, English, and the English sometimes doesn't do it justice because we just see no and no, right? So this first word no is dealing with information. Don't you have the information that so as many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized in his death. So he says, don't you get it? Are you ignorant? Eager means not to know. That as many of us as were baptized in Jesus Christ were baptized in His death. Ignorance is not a bad word. It means I don't know. So we take, we've made ignorant, especially us country folks, made ignorant means stupid. It's not the same word to be ignorant as to be stupid. They're two different words. But we, you know, when I grew up, somebody called you ignorant. They really meant you're stupid. But ignorant actually means you don't have information. Don't you know? Don't you have the information that you were baptized into His death? Your answer is His death. Your answer to freedom is His death. That's right. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For we've been planted together in the likeness of his, de- of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing... There's another word, no. <clears throat> now, this is a different knowing than the one above. This is an information. This is experiential. Uh-huh. This is the same word used when Mary said, I have not known mm-hmm. a man. That's right. I haven't been intimate with a man. No. Mm-hmm. Amen. So that knowing is very, very experiential. So he says, knowing through experience of the Lord, that the old man is crucified. I just put that experience of the Lord in there because that's how you know. Because you said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So I know by experiencing him that the old man's crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is what? Free. Free, free from what? Sin. What's the church been trying to get free from ever since I've been a Christian? Mm-hmm. Sin. Mm-hmm. Paul said you are. Now, do I believe I'm free from sin? That's that's another issue. We're going to move on through this, but I just stopped there and paused because here's the issue. He that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we should also live with Him knowing now this is seeing. This word knowing means like to see or perceive. Like I said, you look these up and there are three different words in the Strong's Concordance. Not the same word. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over Him. <coughs> For in that He died, He died in the sin once. 
But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts thereof. Why? Because you're dead to it. Not because you're under the law. Because you're dead to it. See, through the law, Paul writes, is the knowledge of sin. See, see, by the law, the motions of sin did work. But if I'm not under the law, then I'm not under the motion of sin, but as long as I think I'm under the law. And i got to please God by the law. Guess what? I'm going to keep dealing with the motions of sin. Yeah, that's right. Not going to be free from them. See, you're free by the offering of the body of Christ. Yes, that's right. Who offered one time. How many times did he offer for sin? Once. One time. <coughs> and sat down. Yes. Signifying it was finished. Right. See, when you sit down, you're rest, right? So his offering signified that there's no more offerings made for sin. <laughs> so he removes sin. Now, now, why do we still sin? Why do we still commit bad acts? Because we don't know him. That's why, because we don't know him. And see what we've been taught. Me too. And I've taught. We just need to learn not how not to sin. Well, that, that hasn't fixed it. We people tried for years to learn how not to sin. There have been sermons preached over and over about not sinning. And yet Christians walk out and get divorced and do everything under the sun. So what's the issue? Are you, are, is this you that are not Christian? No. They don't know him. Because they've been taught that's what Christianity is about is not sinning. No, 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 no. Christianity is about knowing Christ. That's right. Amen. It's on a whole bigger plane than not sinning, glory to God. And that's what's wrong with going back to Adam in the garden before he sinned and you're just a man that never committed sin, but you still didn't know the Lord. See, that's what's wrong with the concept. Because God created man to know Him. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's it. And salvation is knowing the Lord. Yes, it is. In fact, that's what Jesus said. That you, you know, He said, "This is life eternal that you might know." That's right. God and Jesus Christ, whom He sent. So how I'm going to know God is through Christ. Hang on, I'm nowhere else. He is nowhere else. So I know Him through the revelation of His Son, His Word. And if I don't get the revelation of His Word, then I don't know Him. I know religion, but I don't know Him. And that's the issue we have. Is knowing Him. Now, now flip over to Colossians 2. See, I, I just want to run and jump right now. Because the old man is dead. Colossians 2. And then we're going to flip back to Romans 7 in a minute. But we're going to flip to Colossians 2 first. I'm all out of order. Verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, do what? Walk in Pentecostalism. No. Walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, not after Christ. And Paul's dealing a lot with them, putting them back under the law. In his writings, a lot of the rudiments of the world was 
In Paul's day, Judaizers came out and said, well, you have to be circumcised to know God, to be right with God. And he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, no, you don't. Because <laughs> Paul knew him that he was in him. For in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now notice this. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So all the fullness of God, all the, you know, up in verse 3 it talked about in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is, the, this is the same thing Paul's saying, the fullness of God is in Christ. All the wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures. So beware, someone spoil you through philosophy, because in him's all the wisdom, knowledge, the fullness of God. And you are complete. Where at? In Him. Now remember what He said, beware lest you get spoiled through traditions of men. And not after the knowledge of the Lord. Which is, you're complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. That's your completion. So I was never complete in Adam. First man was incomplete. His completion, our completion is in the new man. So I get in the new man. I, I'm just a man born a woman. Jesus said to Nicodemus, that which was born of flesh is flesh. We, try, we probably try to find more in the old man than was ever there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Including me. I'm not, I'm not just talking about everybody else. Me too. Yep. I, he, he, I mean, if I, if I take Jesus' word, that which was born of flesh is flesh. That's right. So unless you get born of spirit... Unless you are born again, you will not see. You don't have any ability to see the kingdom of God. That's right. Because he's the division of flesh and spirit. So to know things of spirit, I have to know him. That's right. If I don't know him, I don't know anything of the spirit. I might feel the spirit. Uh-huh. Come on. But it doesn't mean I know the Spirit. I might know how the Spirit feels, and I know that is the Spirit of God. It may make me feel good, but I still don't comprehend the Spirit until I see the light of Christ. And when I see the light of Christ, then I begin to know. And that's the gap that's in the church is we don't see the light of Christ most of the time. We've gotten saved, we've gotten filled with the Spirit, but we don't see what this means. He's placed us in a new man. Our salvation's in a whole other man, and the old man is gone. The body of sin has been removed. Now, if we come to understand the body of sin's been removed, then we won't serve it. Because <coughs> it's not the body we are. See, see, he says, and you are complete to him which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised. My Lord, what is circumcision? With the circumcision made without hands and putting off. What he put off? The body of the sins, and, that, and if you look it up, and I'm no Greek scholar, but if you look it up, that same word that, that's used for sin, just singular. So it could possibly be saying the body of sin, just like he wrote in Romans 6, the body of sin that's to be destroyed. Through the circumcision of Christ, you put off the body of sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also you're risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God, who have raised Him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, have He quickened, have he quickened together with him, having forgiven or pardoned you all trespasses. 
blot out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to, to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Now, what did he nail to the cross? The old man. That word it there is a word that means it's a pronoun. Like he, she, we. According to the Strong's, I believe it could have said self. Nailing self to the cross. And having spoiled principality and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. See how you got free from the law was he crucified the old man. She said the law was holy, just, and good, but through the flesh, there was a power to fulfill the law. So I'm not speaking ill of the law. But the law could not do what he did. And that's the problem we roll into, is we know there's a higher standard of life. We know it. And we come and we say, well, there's a higher standard of life, but I still live... I got saved, I still have time to look like a heathen. Yeah. Why? Come on. Well, I don't know him. I don't know my life. When Christ, who is my life, shall appear. Yes, Mom. Yes. Yes. Then I'm going to appear with him in glory. Yes. The substance of him is going to fill me up. Not my substance. His substance. And that's my issue is I don't know Him. So I don't know how to get free from things because I don't know the freedom. He's the freedom. I'm the way. The sister prophesied it this morning. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And see, the problem is I keep looking for myself to be be free. I keep looking for myself to be alive. He's my life. He's our life. He's our life. He's our life. He's our life. So if I get a hold of that, my life is not bound up in me. It's bound up in Him. Yes, yes. My forgiveness isn't bound up in me. It's bound up in Him. He removed the sin away. Yeah, yes, He did. He removed it. It's gone. Yes. Man, I can... Go ahead. It's not here. It's right. But we think it is. It's Him. It's living in us. See, we think we're still trapped under that old law that somehow Jesus came and the old law still has power. But no, He says all power. And we, we hear Him say these things. See, see, we don't understand the law was God's power in the earth. God gave His administration through Moses and that administration had the power over the earth because it came out of God. So it had power not only to the Jew. You know, a lot of people say, well, Gentiles weren't under the law. Well, Paul said that he, he showed the whole world to be guilty. That's right. Not just the Jew, the whole world. But Gentiles too, yeah. So it was God's power and authority in the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Until Jesus came. Mm-hmm. That's right. See, when He came, mm-hmm. He fulfilled it. He said, I didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets, but I'm the fulfillment of it. He already is. And He took us into Himself. Yes, He did. So our salvation is what He is. Yes. That's your salvation. That's right. Hallelujah. He is your salvation. Yes, Amen. So my salvation is not doing the law, it's knowing Christ. That's right, it's it. And that's been the complex complexity of my heart because, you know, I, 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 I've desired to be right with God, but not since then I've already made you right. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, 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 Brother Del Graham, I think that was scripture he said. He'd go somewhere and say that, and people think he's arrogant. Yeah. He's quoting scripture. Uh, they might have just because of what the scripture says. You are the righteousness of God. Because that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
See, see, if I'm connected to the Lord, Paul, Paul used this illustration of a man connected to a harlot. He says, he, you, you know, no, no one wants to be connected to a harlot. I'm going I'm to mess the, yeah. the verse up a little bit. But you know that, that if you're connected to a harlot, you're one flesh. Yeah, that's right. But if you're connected to the Lord, you're one spirit. That's right. You're one spirit. That's right. So, so see, that's, that's what we all want to believe, that we're one spirit with Christ. We're one with Him. That's what He prays. Father, that they may be one. Even as we are one. Yeah. I and them, thou and me, that they may be yeah. made perfect, Hallelujah. complete, whole, okay. in what? In me. Uh, no more of it okay. You got it. It's Him living in me. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. Believe it but it's true. Hey, they crucified Him because He being a man. You got it. Made Himself equal with God. Amen. They yeah. took Him out and said, we got to do away with them. And, 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 and Paul said, well, if they had known what they were doing, they wouldn't have crucified him because he was tearing down everything they had. When they put him in the grave and he came out of the grave, he says, hey, all authority is mine yeah. in heaven and earth. I rule over it. So this is how you're free from sin. Even if you mess up today, he rules. Right. Yeah. See, see, the thing the church doesn't understand, it's taking the Lord just working this at me. Come on. Yeah. And working and working and working and to get it through me, because I probably came up through the Pentecostal church, and this is probably hard for me to swallow. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I'm just being honest with you. Well, that's true. It's harder and the Lord's just been doing this like this. It's just like, here it is, one. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Even when we mess up, John says we have an advocate with the Father, who is Christ Jesus righteous. I'm not condoning messing up. Uh, right. But what I'm condoning is sin doesn't reign over you. Right, yes, right. Yes. And what the church thinks is all is that sin somehow has dominion, but uh-huh. he that is free, he that is dead Woo! to sin yeah. is free from its dominion. Yes, right. Yes. It doesn't have the authority anymore. Uh-huh. He does. Right. See, the authority changed from sin and death to light and life in Christ. And you moved out of, John wrote that you have, what, been translated, what Paul translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son. John wrote you have passed from work, from death into life. Life is Christ. So I have to see the life, though. Yeah. But be born again to be see those. That's correct. And if I'm not born again, I can't see it. I talk about it all day, mm-hmm. but I can't see it. And see, see, that's the the thing with with uh, with we we say religious people say, well, they know better. Well, that which is born of flesh is flesh. And unfortunately, flesh is going to do what. What flesh does. So they don't have the knowledge of the Lord in their heart. If they're not born again, they they don't have the knowledge of the Lord in their heart. They don't even have Him. No, they don't. They're absent. See, see, that's what religion says. Well, they know better because religion just is your works. See, that's that's what the law did. Is it come and exposed your works were evil? It laid out the works of God. It spoke of the works of God, but it but it showed that your works are evil. That you're you need a savior. I need a savior. Mm-hmm. I'm in need. Mm-hmm. And so here we come, and we get saved, and then we try to enter back into the law. Mm-hmm. But see, see, I want to show you something in Hebrews. I'm going to jump over there instead of where it's going to go, and then we might flip back to Romans seven. We've been 44 minutes, so I won't keep you too long. But I want to show you this Hebrews. In Hebrews 7, it says, verse, I think it's 11. Yeah. Now, if there was perfection through the Levitical priesthood, for under it hath the people received the law. What further need was there that another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek and not be reckoned after the order of Aaron? All right. Here's what I see before me. I'm just going to 
say it to you. Just my own personal experience, and I'm going to read on through this. For years, I believed I received, I got saved. In fact, I knew I did. I knew I got saved, I knew I got filled with the Spirit. Because I had those real experiences. But I would go back to the law, try to be perfect. I'd go back and read the law. And wonder how much of the Ten Commandments do I keep? Do I keep some of them? Do I keep all of them? Do I what do I do with the Sabbath day? All these things, right? What I should have been told was you need to eat the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Speak the word about the Spirit. But now if there's perfection through the Levitical law, see perfection never came through the Levitical law. For under it, the people have received the law. What further need was there for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek? See, another priest arose. Yes, he did. And not be reckoned after the order of Aaron. For the priest to have been changed, there's necessity of a change of the law. The priesthood changed. Jesus never came out of Levi. You ever get a hold of this? Jesus came out of Judah. And he tells you, I believe in this same chapter, that there was nowhere that the Bible where it talked about priests out of Judah. Priesthood came out of Levi. So what that was signifying was a change of the law. What happened when Jesus came, whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved, not whosoever keepeth these commandments and offers an ox. Whosoever calleth upon the Lord shall be saved. That happened. That changed. That was a whole new order. They never did that before. Because the body and blood of Jesus Christ was enough to deliver any man. So it delivered me out from the law where I was held under sin. Because uh, here I am, an old man, and I'm trying to please God, and the law keeps saying, do this, do that, don't do this, do that, and here I show my futility that I can't, God, I can't do this. So, what needed to happen, they kept offering the sacrifices and year, you know, year after year, time after time, they kept doing the same thing. Week after week, day after day, lighting the candles, doing everything, running into the temple. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. For the law having a shadow. What's a shadow? It's not the, it's not the divine image. It's a shadow. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers there into perfect. For them would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. How many Christians continually are called up under the conscience of sins? Many, if not most. But in those sacrifices, remember sin every year, for it's not possible the blood of goats and bulls should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me, and burnt offering and sacrifices for sin thou had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written to me to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither have pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which we, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. What are we sanctified through? The offering of the body of Jesus Christ, not by looking at the law. Well, then I come back to this, why I won't live right. 
Well, you've tried to live right under the law for how many years and has it worked? Maybe try Jesus instead. See, I heard a brother on the same lines I am. Similar. And he said people would come to him and they would say, well, you're just giving people license to sin. And, he, and, he, and I like his saying, so I'm going to probably take it. Mm-hmm. Saying you're the body of Christ is a license of sin? Really? That's the license of sin? That, that now you are the body of Christ and members in particular that you're dead to the sin? Because I'm not preaching do these ten things or do that those ten things, but I'm preaching him? Yeah. That's not like she said. Now you are the body of Christ. Yeah, we are the body of Christ. That's a higher standard than not sinning. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're His body that His life flows through. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. You're not the body of Adam. You're not the body of sin. The body of sin has been destroyed. Yes. Yeah. And now you are Paul says the body of Christ. So what should flow out of me is what Jesus said out of your bellies is going to flow rivers of living water. Because he's in me. Somebody living in sin, what we what we call living in sin, you shouldn't live like that. That give them any life. Right. They still did it anyway. <laughs> didn't give them no life. No. And, and, that's, and that's what Christianity became was was this is this is good, that's evil, this is good, that's evil. That's what Adam is. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. He never had the tree of life. But Jesus came on stage and said, I am life. I am life. I am the tree of life. Just eat the tree of life. And so when you give them something, give them water of life. Yes. Amen. That's what they're hungry for. You know, sit down with a couple living together. Maybe somebody here has got family members living together. I don't know. I don't know you. But maybe you do. And you go tell them all that. This ain't right. Right. Yeah. This is sin. Well, let's say they moved out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They ain't changed. That's right. Their right. heart's still in it. They're still in the condition they're in. They're still in the old land unless they've been born again. Amen. They can't see the kingdom of God. So by, by telling them, well, this is bad, didn't, didn't accomplish it. They, it, may, it may be good for their, their children. You know, it may be good for their welfare that they get married because they have children and they should be one unit. But Christians don't even know the, the, the glory of marriage, what it is. Because Paul said, I speak a great mystery to you. I'm speaking of Christ the church. And if Christians really understood that mystery, they would never get divorced. That's right. God showed me that. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to share it with you and I'm going to quit. He, shared, he showed it to me when I was in a very hard place myself. That's right, I was in a very hard place a number of years ago. And the Lord showed me, John 17, that they may be one even as we are one. Showed me the difference in law and spirit. And you come over into the Ephesians chapter, Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives submit unto your husbands, which we men have always loved to preach. Wives submit. Yeah. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and mm-hmm. gave himself for it, for it mm-hmm. that it might be an unblemished bride. Mm-hmm. And it was a giving of him that made her unblemished. I like that word once recently. And it, and it meant to stand beside of in one place like a wedding. Mm-hmm. That she's worthy. Praise the Lord. He's made her worthy through him Praise offering up of himself. Mm-hmm. And, and what I saw by the Spirit, if I'm one with the Lord, how could I ever divorce my wife? Because if I'm going to manifest God in the earth, you hear people talking about manifestation of sons of God. You know, do, yeah. do, well, if I'm going to manifest God in the earth, probably the first place I should do it is in my home. Yeah. In my marriage. Yeah. I should be one with my wife and, and one with my husband because I'm one with the Lord. Not because of the law. Yeah. 
See, the law spoke of the Spirit. The law was declaring the Spirit. See, the law was holy and good, but it was declaring a higher life, which was of the Spirit. And so when the law came out and told the woman not to divorce the husband, he was speaking of the union, and that's what Paul said of Christ in the church. How can you separate Christ in the church when he said they're one? Yeah, amen. Yeah. Whew. So, so the union in the husband and wife, when Christians understand the union of Christ in the church, they should never divorce because they manifest God into their marriage, into their home. You want to see a manifested son, that's a manifested son from the marriage. Glory to God. And then you carry on out into the body of Christ. And you look at the body of Christ and you say, we're one. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. We've been made one with Him. So He raised out from the dead, not just you know that he he did, he physically died, but he raised out from the dead man, the man that was dead in sin, he raised out from the man dead in sin. And when he raised out, guess what? He brought you out. Yeah. That's right. Your salvation isn't isn't an old man cleaned up. It's a new creation created of God in Christ. One more scripture. Romans 7. Romans 7. Glory to God. It says, Know ye not, verse 1. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. Paul, Paul really knew some people that knew the law because they were under their... Those early believers, the Jewish believers, they were under the law from their childhood, right? So he says, I speak to you that know the law. How... That the law have dominion over a man as long as he lives. As long as a man is alive, the law has dominion over him. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband is dead, she's free from that law. So that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now read this next verse. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. So as long as you're alive, the law has dominion over you. That's right. That's right. So as long as I'm alive, that's what he says, it has dominion, it has the authority. But he says, you are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, when we were in the flesh, were, past tense, the motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law that being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. And Paul gets into this with the Corinthians in, in Corinthians, and he talks about the two administrations, two glories, glory of the first and glory of the second. See, we've come to a greater day. We've come to a, a glory, not like the glory of Moses that fainted away. See, the glory of Moses, when he came down off the mountain, they couldn't look upon him for the brightness of his glory. But that glory faded away. We've come to an eternal glory. It's not going to fade away. That Father, show them my glory. Show them what I am. Show them my substance. Reveal me. Come on. That they may be one as we are one. That my substance may flow through them. That's your salvation, is his substance. That's what he's brought you to. And see, his substance is what the law spoke of. And again, I, I want to reiterate the law was holy and good. It was speaking of Christ. But but he but now we're in Christ, we're in a greater day. 
And what we have to eat of is Him. That's right. We feed upon Him. The ministry we minister is Him. So, so see, see, I used to bring people under the law. I, back when I was young, I, a young preacher, I, I would preach you to I get try to get somebody up here to pray for. I'd tell him you always do it. He always rocks you through. Let me get you pregnant. Well, how do you pass from death to life? From life, See, if I, see, if I pass from death to life, I'm already through. Uh-huh. I already prayed through. When I received him, I went through. Yeah. I got through. Hallelujah. Yeah, we, we say that I don't want to get prayer through to God. Well, you did. That's right. You got through. That's right. You're in. That's right. 